Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk Graham, and I'm here with Pastor Logan Ketterling. Hello. Want to say a huge happy fourth. Hopefully you and your family had a good time with family and friends celebrating Independence Day. Oh, yeah. Uh, Happy 2023rd birthday to America. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I heard that joke over the weekend. Somebody that uh, posted a video, just funny reactions about uh, people that are hyper, hyper uh, fans of America. It's not the 223rd birthday, but it is Independence Day and celebrating our freedom. And honestly, freedom in Christ, religious freedom. And that's part of the purpose of uh, how this country was founded. And we get to celebrate religious freedom even here today. So 247th birthday. Oh, you did a little math there. Yeah. 247th birthday. To do that math, you would do 2076. Yeah, 2023 minus, minus yeah, just for everybody listening, yeah. just want you to know, that's how you find out how old America is. Uh, anyways, we had an amazing weekend in church and a few different things that I would love to highlight. One thing that every campus highlighted this weekend, which we're going to do from here on out, is we're going to celebrate the commissioning of missionaries that we're sending from River Valley. And so if you were at... Any one of our locations this weekend, you would have heard that we are sending number 185, 186, 187, and 188, a family of four to Eastern Europe to a place that is post-Christian where there's very very few believers and they've felt the call to go. And I just think it's awesome. I was able to share at Apple Valley this weekend as well as the Egan Monday night service. And I'll talk about that later. Uh, Egan's got a great Monday night service happening. But I was able to share that their final, this family, their final week in Minnesota, the dad and the two boys, rather than, you know, hugging family and packing up the house and, and saying goodbye to everybody they know, they went to kids camp. That's and awesome. the dad was counseling at kids camp and the two boys worshiping Jesus at the altars. And I just think that that is cool. It's a great example of a normal Minnesotan family going all in for Jesus Christ and the call of God that is on their life. And so uh, their last week was was spent at camp and now they are going this week and to Eastern Europe. They're, they're a family from the Minnetrista campus. And so continue to pray for them. Maybe you were here two weeks ago or, or a few weeks ago when we announced that we're already at number 203, 203. And so if you're wondering how the numbers make sense, people get their their missionary number from River Valley when they are ready to start fundraising. And so uh, all the way up to 203, they're fundraising, but the people that are actually sent on the field, we're going to commission them and uh, we're up to 188 on people going to the field. So I think that's awesome. What an amazing family. And want to highlight this. It's it's connected to that testimony. Next week we have Seek Week, and that is a full week of worship and of service to the Lord. And so it's going to start on the weekend, just normal weekend services, uh, continuing our series on First Peter. But then Monday night, Tuesday night. Wednesday night and Thursday night, we have services for you and your family, for everybody. This is hosted. All of our campuses are going to join either Apple Valley or Crosstown. And so I just love getting the church together larger than just one campus. 
multiple campuses coming together to worship. And so Monday night, we got Martha Tennyson. She is in her 80s, and she is fire. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how excited I am for her. She's been an evangelist for a long time, and maybe some of you have heard of, you know, Logan, you, you love Alan Tennyson yep, her from, from North Central, and you had him share at conference. I think she's Tuesday. I think is Monday's Glenn, Glenn Berteau. Oh, thanks for the correction. Yeah, I just uh, I had to look it up. I was like, I think that, but yeah, I, she is speaking. I knew she, she confirmed first, so maybe that's yeah. what I was thinking Monday. So, okay, so Tuesday night, do not miss uh, Martha Tennyson. Monday night, we've got Glenn Berteau coming. Right. And Glenn Berteau, uh, right. he's an amazing pastor. He has a miracle story of uh, the way Pastor Rob describes it, dying and coming back to life. I mean- he Crazy. was at the end of his life needing a miracle from God, and uh, he's alive, alive and well. If some I remember of you guys... when we were praying for him. I mean, it, not anyone in the church would remember this, but just I remember my dad texting us updates, praying for him. Um, he's spoken at River Valley before a number of years ago, but amazing. That more, God healed him. more connection with Glenn Berto when, when your dad, Pastor Rob, was a young adult, he was... Uh, he was his pastor. So Glenn Berto is basically Pastor Rob's youth pastor, young yep. adult pastor. And so it's going to be really awesome to have both Glenn Berto Monday night and then Martha Tennyson Tuesday night. We're having a family service where we've got, we're going to share some context about what we believe about the next generation. Uh, we're going to pray over the next generation. We're going to hear some, some messages from some of our fine art students, both at Crosstown and Apple Valley. Nice. And so it's going to be a full-on family service. It's going to be an incredible night to believe great things for the next generation. And Thursday night, Pastor Rob's going to wrap it up. Wait, don't forget Wednesday baptisms too. Wednesday is baptisms. And so obviously we love witnessing baptisms, death to life in Christ, and people doing public declaration. There's so much happening yeah. <laughs> on Seek Week. Thursday night, Pastor Rob is going to wrap it up, and we're going to do extended altar call. Uh, we're going to make sure every person in the room is prayed over, which is really, really exciting. Uh, you won't be able to escape it. If you come Thursday, <laughs> you are getting prayed for, and uh, it's just a privilege to be able to do that as a team, as a church. And just believe God for greater things for your life as well. Friday night is street teams. If you want to join city campus, there's, uh, I believe, is there a registration for that? Yeah, you can register online to street teams with ICCM. You can go to rivervalley.org slash seekweek or just go to the homepage of the website and there should be a tab right there for seekweek. Yeah, we want to help ICCM prepare for an influx of volunteers. We have the city campus that serves every week, but we invite the entire church to be able to sign up during Seek Week and serve in the streets of Minneapolis. And, and there's great projects there. There's even family opportunities. So there are some great, great opportunities in different pockets and neighborhoods where there are uh, known families where you can actually bring your kids and serve in Minneapolis in a comfortable, safe way, but really make a difference. On Saturday, it's our serve day. And Pastor Rob set a, a massive goal to see 3,000 people plus serving on serve day. And we just want to encourage you get registered for serve day. And you can find all of these links uh, and all of the information at rivervalley.org forward slash seek week. Okay. So that's, that's what's coming up seek week. Let me tell you about the missionaries that we talked about that are going last year at seek week, this family that's going to Eastern Europe from Minnetrista, they went to seek week 
And they were praying, Lord, we want to go all in for you. We want to answer whatever call you have for us. And they were praying. They would have never thought that they were a part of the 500. Again, just just like you on the other end of this microphone, uh, normal people living in Minnesota, if you're living in Minnesota, never thought that they would be missionaries, never thought that they would be part of the 500. And during Seek Week, as they were pursuing the Lord, in his presence, felt a stirring and felt a calling. I, I think I think we are supposed to be a part of the 500. I, I believe we're supposed to go. And one year later, almost to the same week, they are going. And so I just think that that's awesome. Who knows what God could do in and through you dur- during this next week. And so hopefully the expectancy is building that God's going to do the miraculous. God's going to heal. Uh, God's going to save. We're going to celebrate baptism. People are going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. People are going to get called to the 500. Uh, people are going to uh, receive calling here of, of what they could do participating in advancing the kingdom of God. So that's a lot, but it's exciting what God's doing in our church. Yeah. And you're kicking it off. You're preaching this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. First Peter chapter two, and we're talking about living stones. And so a little sneak peek, I'm going to, I'm going to cut in some of Nathan Finocchio's message from conference because he talked about living stones And so using the same passage of scripture. So it'll be, hitter. it's going to be a little bit more interactive. It's like a shared message. Yeah. Me and Finocchio, and he doesn't know that he's preaching <laughs> this weekend. So <laughs> that's awesome. He is, he's hilarious. And I'm excited for that. It's going to be great. But this weekend we talked about first Peter one. Yep. Suffering. Pastor Rob, the, the way that he broke this message down, you know, it's, it's, it's always encouraging to hear a message on suffering. You know what I'm saying? Like July like, 4th, Independence July, Day Independence weekend. Day. Let's talk yeah. about suffering. Makes sense. Um, but he talked about it in, in a couple different ways. He talked about suffering from the lens of the persecuted church and also the turning of the tide culturally, what's happening in our, our country and would love to talk about persecution for a little bit. But then he, the, the second lens of suffering he talked about is just general suffering. You know, there is, we live in a fallen world and there is suffering in this world. And it's not necessarily related to your faith or persecution. It's just related to the fact that there are tough things that happen in this life. You are gonna face difficulty in this life. And many that are listening right now, you are, Right now, experiencing suffering, I was at the Egan Monday night service and just at the end of the service felt led to ask, you know, is there anybody here where you, you, you identify I'm going through suffering right now might be sickness in your body. It might be a relational issue. It might be a job circumstance, looking for a job or looking to change jobs, or there's difficulty that you're facing uh, in the area of your finances. You might not be sleeping well. You might be dealing with anxiety or fear over something. And it was a it was a decent percentage in the room raising their hand saying, I'm I'm going through it right now and I need a touch from God. I need a touch from heaven. Uh, I need the peace of God. And so there's many that you're listening right now and you're you're dealing with that type of suffering. Pastor Rob ended the message saying, we've got a living hope. And First Peter chapter one talks about living hope. And I think of that song, living hope, that'd be a good song for you to listen to later today is, is look up the song, living hope, but we have a living hope. And he talked about hope, not as like a wishing. And that's that we, we don't, we, we don't believe in a hope like, 
oh, I hope this happens. I, I, I wish this happened. This man, that could be cool. No, we, we have a hope that is an assurance. It's, it is a sure thing that, uh, for those that are in Christ, if you have a broken body, if you're dealing with sickness, guess what? You will be healed on the other side of eternity, and he's able to send that healing from heaven to earth right now in a moment. It is a sure thing that healing is on the way, that peace is on the way, that restoration is on the way, reconciliation on the way, joy is on the way for you. That's the hope. That's the living hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Uh, let's rewind to the beginning of the message, just talking a little bit about persecution. Logan, I don't know if you have thoughts. We live right now, we, we live in America. We just cel- celebrated Independence Day. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes you know, you can catch a vibe out there of Christ followers that are like, you know, my Trenta, my Trenta ice latte didn't you know, they didn't have the right flavor. You know, they didn't, they didn't do the blonde espresso the right way. And, and I'm, I'm a persecuted Christian because <laughs> my Trenta latte. And I did, think did she not, knew I was yeah. a Christian. So she messed it up. <laughs> she, she saw me at church. She, she, she saw my t-shirt. No, no. I, I like sometimes persecution can be misused or, or what, what is persecution from your point of view? How should we use that? What's the right way to talk about that? Right. Well, looking at scripture, it's clear that persecution is a direct attack against somebody because of their faith, right? The Bible's clear about that throughout the New Testament. It even talks about how things are not persecution, but they are persecution. Paul kind of delineates that probably because at the time there were some Christians that were arguing about that just like they are now. Um, but But I think that the enemy is working. Again, we've said this before, but he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I believe that he is fighting against the agenda of God the agenda of reconciliation of all believers yeah. through various different ways. Now, in certain countries, the way that looks is far more like the persecution we see in the New Testament, far more like the persecution that First uh, Peter was alluding to that would happen. Obviously, Pastor Rob talked about that this was before Nero, but you know, many scholars believe that Peter was you know killed in Rome and and hung you know on the cross some say upside down yeah. and so there's there's a different level of persecution that we're experiencing here than there but I think it's not wrong to acknowledge that yes if we're kicked out of a building or if you're if you lose your job or if you're yeah. ridiculed or bullied yeah that that is a type of persecution but I do think it's important to understand that there is a difference between this this these momentary afflictions these trials even first peter 6 that pastor rob read you know in all this you greatly rejoice though for now a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials right there's been grief there's been trials but for other people it's beaten it is killed it is in danger always. So I think it's important for us as to believers that we can recognize that we are being attacked by the enemy, but for some it's through anxiety and through fear, but others it's through physical attacks. And yep. you know, the, in scripture we see people who are martyred and we still see that happening today. So again, I think it's, a, it's kind of a, a in-between answer is yes, you can be persecuted against, but there are certainly different degrees in which persecution happens, which I believe creates different levels, as Dick Brogdon talked about a couple weeks ago, different levels of depth in relationship with yeah, Jesus. closeness to God. I, I agree. It, persecution is a spectrum. 
And I'll just say this, you as a Christ follower should never, ever, if you experience maybe a, a low level of persecution compared to being beheaded. Right. Yeah, if that's the top. If that's, if that's, if martyrdom is the worst of persecution, if you're experiencing really any level of persecution, it, it shouldn't be, don't walk around with that as like a badge of something to boast about. Like the persecuted church in countries where it's illegal to be a Christian, they, they, they are proud to be Christ followers, but they're not like we're more persecuted than you over like right. they're they're not like bragging about the level of persecution. And so nor should we in America when when uh, there's moments of discrimination, when there's moments of difficulty, uh, again, what what Logan's saying is it's it is a um it's a spectrum, and it might be low level. Pastor Rob brought up the fact that, you know, we're going to Chaska. And there, there is this feeling that as soon as, as soon as the school system found out what our church believes, what we stand on, uh, we, we lost a venue over that. And again, call that, call that what you want, but we don't take that as bragging rights. We don't take that as something to boast about. We don't take that as, um, you know, a badge of, of pride or honor. We're, we're convicted about what we believe. We, we love the Lord. We're going to stand firm. Uh, but I, I think Pastor Rob talked about this too, is pers- the persecution from First Peter 1 was not the Nero persecution. Right. It was the neighbor persecution. And so I think, I think it was just when he was writing it in that context was maybe some of the lower level on the spectrum persecution that, listen, you're going to have moments in the workplace where it's it can be a little bit awkward to talk about the things of God, to talk about your faith. Uh, there, there are multiple examples of people that attend River Valley that I, I've heard stories where you know everybody is, is the the workplace is saying, "Hey, we need you to put your pronouns in your email. Hey, we need you to put up this specific uh, badge or sign outside of your office office cubicle, right. letting people know that all are welcome or we love everybody." Which, for a believer, again, I'm kind of I'm kind of painting between the lines here. For a believer, saying. Uh, I don't want that sign on the outside of my cubicle. Right. I don't want to put my pronouns on my email address. And that, that's, that's a, it's a faith stand and a faith conviction to say, I'm not going down that road. I don't believe in that ideology. I'm not following that way. I'm, I'm going the way of Jesus Christ. And that can be awkward, uncomfortable, but that's what, that's what first Peter one is about. That's what pastor Rob is saying is there's a neighborly persecution. And honestly, it was getting ready. It was getting, uh, the people ready in that time for the Nero persecution that was going to come. Right. And I, and I think that, I think on one hand you have people that overblow, like we talked about, they overblow their persecution. I mean, uh, Matthew 6, Jesus is talking about this is not related directly to persecution, but he says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If, if you do, you will have no reward from your father in heaven, yep. right? And so obviously that's talking about generosity. It's talking about caring for other people. But I think the same lesson can be true is that if we boast in our righteousness, boast in our persecution, that we have to be really intentional and careful. Now you do see Paul writing about that 
throughout the New Testament, him sharing yep. about this persecution, but it's almost in a standing firm way. It's not like, hey, I'm boasting about it, more so, hey, I'm standing with you guys in this persecution. So I think there are ways you can do it that aren't boastful, but also to be careful. But then, you know, Galatians 5.13 says this. I saw this posted a good amount yesterday as well, but you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So I think when when you look at those on a spectrum, you have don't don't call something persecution that isn't, but also... Be prepared because, you know, I think in America right now, there's there's a couple camps of, well, this isn't real persecution. You know, look at all the people around the world that are getting martyred and all those things. Totally right and true. However, if we don't stand firm against some of the things that the enemy is trying to derail our nation with, then we will end up, maybe not exactly the same, but we'll end up a godless nation like many that have that have gone before us. And so I think it is important to stand firm. If we don't stand firm on the little things, then how do we expect us to stand firm? It's like people talk about tithing, right? If you don't tithe when you're a kid or when yeah. you get your first job, how hard is it going to be to tithe when you're making your highest level of income? It's going to be really difficult. So I think the same lesson can be true. And then on the other side of things, it's... If it gets really, really bad, then you've been prepared for this and yeah. you've been been fighting it and you've been standing up again in a godly way, not with violence, but but standing firm and saying, no, I've been prepared for this. Come what may. My dad and I were talking about this last week to where he was with a group of pastors and he said a lot of them were really tired. They were exhausted. They COVID just took a ton out of them, and they were kind of feeling like I'm on the I'm ready to retire. I'm ready to finish off. Yeah. And he said he was the opposite. He's as fired up as ever. But I said the trials you've experienced over the last 28 years in ministry, he's had yeah. many of them. I think prepared you for COVID in a different way than a lot of people have. Yeah. Is you've been fighting against all these financial things, pastors, you know that that have betrayed him, other. people people in the congregation telling him you're horrible you're this people like just horrible things that have happened have prepared him for covid so that he got through it and now he's yeah. like I'm ready let's take ground let's go yeah. so i think that you can you can grow in this to prepare you for the trials ahead yeah it's 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 how i was raised it's how you were raised it's how we're raising our children that listen you got to be able to stand up in a classroom so that you're able to stand up potentially to be martyred. It's, it's, I know that that's, Pastor Rob's got this funny story about your grandma, Isabel. So like, even if they cut your tongue out, right? don't deny Christ, you know? And it sounds so silly and epic, but listen, when you look at, when you look at history and the disintegration of civilizations over the thousands of years, it is a slippery slope and we were in this we're in this really unique place in our country that we should be discipling our people and for everybody listening and for us uh, on the team here we're being discipled to stand up like we cannot live in fear we can, and and also we should be able to thrive we should be able to thrive where we are building amazing families amazing friendships beautiful church to worship the Lord uh, as long as we have that freedom to do that. And so I love having this conversation even on Independence Day week, weekend and week 
to talk about suffering and to talk about where we are in the world and to talk about the fact that we've got a living hope, that we are not victims, but we are victorious in Christ Jesus. And so uh, next week is Living Stones, and you are, if you're in Christ, you're a living stone. And Jesus Christ is the stone that the builders rejected, but God put as the cornerstone. And we're going to talk about the gathering of the saints. Why do we come to church? Why do we gather? Why is it important for you to show up, not just to listen to podcasts on the other end uh, and stay in an isolated uh, sort of way, but why is it important that we gather as the church? Is there something sacred? Is there something significant to the gathering of the saints? And so that that's gonna be awesome. Nathan Finocchio, just spoiler alert, he says he says you're a living stone, not a rolling stone. Mm. And so get to church. And so hopefully you come this weekend and also are ready to participate this week for Seek Week. We'd love to eventually get to some prayer requests yeah. and praise reports. Uh, but also, Logan, I'll, I'll let you lead this next moment if there are any questions as well. Yeah, Maddie Bennett asked, how does someone in your church practice the Sabbath? A great question. Do you want to answer that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's uh, a number of answers to that. Now, going back to the Old Testament, you see that as one of the Ten Commandments, right? Honor the Sabbath, keep it holy. I think people forget that, to be honest. That it's a, one that of the it's Ten a, Commandments. Yeah, it's like, hey, let's not murder. Let's not yeah. commit adultery and practice the Sabbath, keep it holy. Like, It feels like one of these things is not like the other, but talk about it. It is yeah, like the other. It is. I mean, it goes back all the way to Genesis where... God worked for six days and then he rested. He gave us this example of rest. Then we see this again reinforced in Exodus and the Ten Commandments all throughout the Old Testament Jewish tradition, the Shabbat. Uh, even if you go to Israel today, you'll see people that are practicing this very devoutly. I mean, the elevators- As Jews. Yeah, as Jews. Yeah. And it, the elevators in Israel have an automatic open and close so that they don't even have to push an elevator button and they stop at each floor. It's like crazy how they modernize it. So on the it. Sabbath, the elevators, you don't get to push buttons. It's just, you gotta, if you're on the 10th floor, you gotta ride it open and close. Correct. Second, third, fourth. Because otherwise you, you'd be exerting, you'd be working. And so as Christians, we would not uh, be as religious or devout in the way that, that Jews uh, establish the Shabbat, particularly because of the New Testament and Jesus being the Lord of the Sabbath. It, they, Paul talks about that. Jesus even refutes the Pharisees a number of times where he's healing on the Sabbath or they're going and grabbing grains of, of wheat. And he basically clarifies to the Pharisees that the Sabbath is not law for the sake of law. The Sabbath is to replenish, to fill, to spend time with family, to spend time with the Lord, to rem be reminded of what matters. Man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. Right, right. And so again, I'm answering this question long, but giving some context and history to what this is, we believe that we still should practice Sabbath and practice that rest that God gives us. But it it maybe doesn't have to look like the sun up to sun down every single you know friday into saturday you know not exerting any energy or anything i've heard others talk about this to say what are things that build you up that lift you up that that bring you peace you know yep. trying not to do things I, I don't know about you if you want to talk about this kirk yeah. but try not to do things that are are draining or are 
enemies to your soul, so to speak, if that's a good way to put it? What are things yep. that are lifting for your soul? For us as pastors, we work on Sundays. Yep. Um, so for you know, we try to do that on, on Fridays and Saturdays. Yep. But you want to talk about that a little more? Yeah, Fridays is our, our family Sabbath. If you ask our, our kids, what's your favorite day of the week? Sabbath is favorite day of the week. Why? Uh, because our daughters probably get cake pops and <laughs> we get to make a craft or, or you know, uh, uh, Sabbath is, is about rest and worship. And so we're going to have a more restful day and we're going to try to focus more of our energy on worship of the Lord. That could look like in our home, we're, we're playing more worship music than we do during the week, just in the normal flow of life. So we've got, you know, some background music going, uh, worship music, try to keep a worshipful atmosphere the best we can. Uh, but worship is also just usually on Fridays, if we, if we get our family out to go, um, uh, go buy uh, a craft or, uh, you know, sometimes we'll make a cake. We eat whatever we want on Sabbath. Like it's our, it's our cheat day to just enjoy life, which I think there's something to just, I don't know, letting loose a little bit, just enjoy, just enjoy the Lord and enjoy life and enjoy your freedom. And there's something worshipful to that of like, thank you, Lord. So usually when we're driving somewhere on Fridays, uh, just have a moment in the car of saying like, Lord, we acknowledge you. We love you. I'll usually, I'll usually like point something in like, look at the cornfields or look at the bald eagle or look like, look at the sky, like trying to get our kids just engaged. God created this world for us to look at and enjoy. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for where we live. And so Fridays is Sabbath for us. And, and this is a great conversation uh, because also we kind of live in this world of, you know, oh man, I, uh, you know, I wish I could work a four day week and, and take three days of just yeah. like rest because, because yeah, my in mental health and I just gotta, I, you know, I just, this, oh, I need, oh, I needed this or like, oh, this came just in time. Just like another day of just like, whoo, I'm just exhausted exhausted. And I actually, I really firmly believe this, that for you to live a healthy life, you're actually made to work hard six days, which most people work a five-day work week. But God made you to, like, you can do more than you think you can. And I think we're we're living in a day and age where, where um, people want to just be coddled into rest or lulled asleep, like, like, Oh, just, you know, just take it. You, you deserve this. You didn't like, no, let's work hard and keep a good principle that roughly for about 24 hours each week, just relax. Like it's not the weight of the world is not on your shoulders. Like enjoy it. That does not mean running all of your errands on your day off and, and, you know, running to every sports game and, and going to sign papers because you forgot to do it on Friday during your work week. And, and like, well, I just, that's my day off is the day I catch up. Nope. Build into your life a day where you're not catching up. You're, you're relaxing and you're enjoying the Lord and you're worshiping the Lord. You can do it. I, I view the Sabbath as like the principle of the tithe. So we, we believe in the tithe. We believe bring the first 10% to the local church that you're a part of and you're going to live a blessed life as a result of it, as a result of uh, putting God first. And I really believe this. I've experienced in my own life that the 90% that remains, the Lord will do far beyond what you could have imagined with the 90 than what I could have done on my own with 100. Same is true for the principle of time. 
that, well, I'm not going to be able to get things done or I'm not going to be able to accomplish as much or I'm not going to like, I actually believe that more will get accomplished in the six days if you truly take time to rest and worship for a seventh day than if you try to cram it all in in seven days. I just think you're going to be less productive. And for the long haul, you're just not going to be as healthy. It's how God created us. Well, and I also think too, as Western people in the you know 21st century, we have to figure out what rest looks like for us. I mean, you look at back in Bible times, most people, their jobs were heavy, hard labor, whether that be fishermen or or blacksmith or, you know, farming. I mean, it's it's very manual work, right? And now for a lot of people, they're not doing as much manual work. There certainly are many that still do. But I think what does a, a restful time look like? I know for me, if I you know, am sitting on my couch on Friday all day long, scrolling through Instagram, yeah. I'm not going to feel lifted up. And so I think there still can be intentionality to, is it nature? Is it going to the beach? Is it relax? I mean, there are things you can do that are for sure are lifting and resting that are still doing things. So it's not like stay at home and sit on your couch for for twenty four hours straight and eat sing potato kumbaya. chips. Yeah, it's it's lift your soul, lift your spirit. Go on yeah, a go walk. hiking. Yeah, go golfing. Yeah, what what brings you joy? Uh, what what um, what lifts your spirit? Right. That's right. a good way. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Do what lifts your spirit. It's like soul care. And don't no no cheaters out there doing business lifts my spirit. You know, it's like yeah. no, come on, man. Like you can relax, relax. There's people that are listening. You gotta. Some people you gotta you gotta learn how to relax, and learn how to hit a beach, <laughs> learn how to go to a lake, learn how to relax. Yeah. And there's other people listening. You need to learn how to work. Yeah. <laughs> you need to learn how to work. Put it like when's the last time you lay down to your bed going, Wow, I put in a I put in a full day's work. I am exhausted. I'm tired. Um and I, I actually think there's a lot of people too. Like you're putting in a half day's work, but you're doing it for seven days and not six. And that half day's work is exhausting you and your spirit, your soul is exhausted. And how about you prioritize your time the way God asked you to prioritize it? And I think that's going to position you well to actually put in six days of work. And I don't mean going to your job, but I mean like getting stuff done and enjoying life and moving things forward and doing well with what God put in your hand. You can work harder than you think you can when you prioritize the Lord in the right way and practice a Sabbath. Right. That's so good. Well, let's pray for people. We're going to share some requests from different campuses, and then Pastor Kirk is going to close us in prayer, and then afterwards we are going to listen to a song from Pastor Ryan called Reverence, which is a new song. So it's awesome. Amazing. From City Campus, someone, speaking of this, praying for finances, paying my monthly bills for July. Uh, obviously, it can be tight for a lot of people, and so praying for that. Prayers for increased faith as I step out looking for a new job. I believe God is something new for me. That was a different person. Uh, Egan Campus, Praying for her friend Michelle, who is struggling with cancer and needs encouragement and strength. Uh, another friend who has stage three cancer as well. Um, praying for a the church campus in India we started, God to open new doors in in the ministry there. Praying for another person's praying for healing for their family and their home. Uh, someone at Woodbury praying for wisdom. Great thing to be praying for. Uh, another another prayer request from from Woodbury. Praying they put in an offer on a building for their business. Praying that they get that. 
um, in Jesus name. Another, this is, this is perfect from what we talked about. It's from someone from Woodbury praying for the realization that Jesus is enough in a busy season. It's exactly what we were just yeah. talking about from Minatrista, someone praying for mental health, suffering from depression, Apple Valley, multiple people, uh, praying for Kaylee who is on vacation and lost her baby. So, mm. so sad that situation, but God in the midst of it, praying that there'd be peace, there'd be a, it, that surpasses understanding for sure. And uh, another friend was diagnosed with testicular cancer, start, starting chemo soon, praying for them. Chaska, uh, praying for a family going through divorce, healing comfort for all the children. And then lastly here, Maple Grove, they w- said they want to pray and processing the call to go. Oh yeah. Called to be one of the missionaries, uh, one of the 500, asking God to bring clarity, peace, and trust. A lot of those are are really heavy needs, and I, I just I I want to say thanks to everybody listening that you pray along with these prayer yeah. requests because your prayers matter. And I was talking with a guy named Jeremy that goes to our Apple Valley campus, just an amazing family. And he he said earlier this week, thank you so much for doing this podcast. I love the time of prayer. He said, I was crying last week, praying along with you and our church over these needs, believing God for a miracle. And so if this is helping you engage with praying over the needs of the people a part of our church, whether you know who these people are or not, they are a part of our church. They are real needs and the Lord is answering prayer. I met at, at Egan on Monday night, uh, a lady named Laura and she shared this testimony because every time there is need, the Lord is doing the miraculous. Her daughter started coming to our church, uh, just looking to revitalize her faith. And they come from a Catholic background and her daughter's life was totally transformed at our church. So she said, wow, I, I love that my daughter is, you know, kind of coming alive, noticing all these changes. So she said, I'm going to go check this church out. Just a couple years later, she's she's serving on a Monday night service in our cafe, and she said, this church has changed my life. She said, I, I gave my life to the Lord at this church. I was baptized at this church. I love serving at this church. I found community like I never knew was possible at this church. I mean, she was gushing what it felt like to come alive in Christ. And the whole family is a part of our church. Even her sister is now part of our church. So I, I just share that testimony to say, God is changing lives. He's, he is in the business of changing lives and answering prayer. And I praise God for Laura and her family at our Egan campus. And let's pray over all these needs and jump into a song called Reverence. Lord, we thank you for your power to answer prayer. And it's just, it, it is crazy to think that as we pray, you respond. And so, Lord, I just, I pray right now that you would respond to each one of these requests. There's cancer on this list. There's miscarriage on this list. There's mental health on this list. There's anxiety on this list. Lord, we pray over every need. You know exactly who these people are because you created them. And Lord, I pray that you would show up in their midst. I pray that they would sense your presence as we're praying and as we're praying this week as a church and as people are listening to this podcast and praying again. Lord, I pray that you would show up time and time again, that they would feel your presence in a tangible, real way, and that their prayer requests, what they wrote on these Connect cards, what they submitted on our app— 
They, they type this out in their moment of need. Lord, I pray that their need would be met in a miraculous way, heal broken bodies, provide comfort, give peace. I pray the fruit of the Spirit in people's lives, that they would know you and know your presence like never before. I pray that people that are learning to practice the Sabbath, finding rest in you, worshiping you, I pray that they would be able to carry more. Not the per- not for the purpose of caring more, but for the purpose of accomplishing all that you've created them to accomplish. I thank you right now. Just p- thank you that you're our living hope, that those that are suffering, you are our living hope. I pray that they would find that hope in you. And Lord, I thank you for Laura and her family that are serving at our Egan campus. Bless them and bless every person listening right now. I pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen. Amen. Breathless in the air of heaven, all I want is 